season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful, and welcome back to another edition of the Double Doing Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. I will be your host today. Thanks for listening. Greatly appreciate that. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. That would be greatly appreciated. My co-host, Eric Warner, at Bears Talk Underscore, is with me. And today we have another guest with us, Stephen Ruiz, head writer for uh, USA Today. Stephen, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're doing well. Thanks for joining us. All right, I want to jump into kind of the big question that I've been seeing and tossed around this week. There are three kind of MVP candidates so far. We got Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. I think those three have kind of separated themselves from the pack. If you were going to give out the MVP award today, who are you giving it to? Ooh, uh, today, I think I would give it to Aaron Rodgers. I, by the end of December, my vote will probably be for Patrick Mahomes. But right now, I have to give it to Rodgers. He's putting up just as good of numbers as Mahomes is, and he's doing it without the star-studded cast of receivers. Like before the season, everyone was worried, did they have enough weapons? And it hasn't really mattered. And Devontae Adams has missed some time and it didn't matter then. So I got to go with Rodgers. Yeah, I, I, it's hard to argue with that. He has been outstanding. Um, Russell Wilson's kind of taken a step back uh, the last couple of weeks. Four turnovers last week really hurts his case. But I, I, I'm still pulling for Russell. He was my pick at the beginning of the year. I hope he, I hope he finishes it off strong. Um, anyways, I'm a Bears fan. The last couple of weeks have just been dreadful. Do you think the team can get their season back on track? I think it really comes down to the game this weekend. And I really like we've written off the Vikings as a team, but I think whoever wins this game will probably get that last wild card spot. And I'm assuming that's what you mean by get the season back on track because I don't know what happens when they get that wild card spot. It's probably not going to be pretty in the playoffs. So. Yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, but I really think whoever wins this game this Sunday is going to make the playoffs. So who do you like in that game? It's Monday Night Football, Vikings, Bears. Do you have a lean? Or? <laughs> like you like add in all those elements, like the fact that it's on Monday night and it's Chicago, and you don't want to pick Kirk Cousins in that situation. But just based on how the teams are playing, I kind of feel compelled to go with Minnesota. They seem to have figured out things on offense. The defense is a work in progress still, but I mean, that's a good matchup to go against when you're not sure about your defense going up against that Bears offense right now. One more Bears question for you. Um, let's say they don't make the playoffs. Let's say they finish eight and eight. Let's say it just kind of goes the way that Eric thought it was going to go eight and eight, top like top 15 draft pick. What do you do to fix this mess? Do you run it back with uh, with another stop shop, uh, stopgap quarterback? Do you kind of blow it up from top to bottom? If you were in charge of the Bears, if they finish eight and eight this year, what do you what do you do to get this team kind of uh, back on track? Ooh, I think you have to almost blow it up. Like you have to start over, and that goes all the way to Ryan Pace. I think you have to replace him. 
But if that doesn't happen, I do think there's going to be a number of veteran quarterbacks that might be available this offseason. And I wouldn't be surprised if Pace, if he does stick around, if he makes a trade for one of those guys, like Jim Garoppolo is probably going to be available. Kirk Cousins might even be dangled in a trade, although I don't think they would trade him within the division. Although that's probably a good move if you're the Vikings trading him in the division because <laughs> you get to play him. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. But like even like Cam Newton might be available and he's looked a little better in the last two weeks. So and Matt Ryan is another guy that might be traded in the offseason. So there are some options out there. So I don't think you necessarily need to start over at quarterback or start with like a rookie and try to draft someone. Uh, they their defense is built to win now. So maybe you want to capitalize on on that defense while you have it and try to get a veteran quarterback who can come in and take advantage of some of these weapons that they do have. Uh, but if like the long-term thing, the best answer is probably just blow it up. Yeah. I, I, I unfortunately agree with you. I'd love them to blow it up, but I, I don't know how they can because they signed a couple brutal contracts this off season, mm-hmm. getting big money to Robert Quinn and Jimmy Graham. And those contracts aren't easy to get out of. And Cleo Max still probably has at least one more year left of his prime. So it's kind of tough to blow it up while he's right. still in his prime. Mm-hmm. But I, I they're, they're screwed. I don't know where they go. Yeah, they're like six guys that like are kind of they're stuck with, like Jackson, yeah. Quinn, you know what I mean? They're, they're, yeah. they're kind of stuck with, right? But anyways, I want to flip it over uh, to the Eagles here. How worried should my my partner here, Brendan D, be about Carson Wentz? <laughs> Ooh, that's a, that's a doozy of a question. Uh I think he should be really worried. I mean, when you're paying him that much money and I know like you, there's the argument that he doesn't have the weapons, which is true, but there are other quarterbacks that don't have weapons out there that don't look like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league right now. And I like he's, he's played better than he did at the beginning of the season when he was just couldn't hit any throws at all. And it seemed like he forgot how to throw a football, but it's the same old issues with him trying to do too much in the pocket, holding on to the ball too long. And I don't think, I think, I just think that's part of his game and he's such a volatile player because of it. So I'm not surprised that we saw a season like 2017 when he looked like an MVP guy. And then we see this year when he looks like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. I think there's like two more years left on that contract realistically. So they're stuck with him for now. And you, I guess you just got to hope that he has one of those, uh, like a rebound year and, and can go back to 2017 for one of those next two years that he's under contract. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm very worried, to be honest. I wasn't, I was kind of, I've been a Carson Wentz apologist, to be honest. I've, I've liked him. I've kind of, uh, I've shut out the criticism from 2018, 2019. He was getting a lot of heat. I thought he could play some good football. But this year, I can't defend him. Um, that Dallas Cowboys game was very ugly. They play any other team in the NFL, in my opinion. They lose that game. And look, I think I'm with you. I think there's a lar- kind of a large range of outcomes that Carson Wentz, he could fall right. off planet Earth or he could be a top seven quarterback. We don't know kind of uh, what the next kind of steps are. So let's jump into week 10. Great slate of games this week, Stephen. We got, I think, what, four at one o'clock, six at four o'clock. So it's a different, little different uh, mix up for NFL fans. What are you looking at um, for week 10? What's like, actually, what's like an under the radar kind of game that you're looking at for week 10? Ooh, under the radar. I would let, I already pointed to it in the Vikings Bears game, but I'll give you another answer. I, I mean, I guess Seahawks Rams is one of the better games of the week, but I think that really is going to decide how the NFC West plays out. For the last couple of weeks, we, we kind of just 
came to the conclusion that the Seahawks were going to win that division. While the other teams would be competitive, they would probably be competing for a wild card spot. But I really think the Rams have a chance of winning that division. They match up really well with the Seahawks. Sean McVay always has success against that defense, against Pete Carroll's defense. He just knows how to scheme scheme against it. And whenever we've seen the Rams lose this year, it's when Jared Goff looks very uncomfortable. And I don't know if the Seahawks defense is capable of making him look uncomfortable. They haven't had any success making other quarterbacks comfortable this year. So I really expect the Rams to score a lot of points and it's going to be up to Russell Wilson to carry his team once again this week. And I don't know, it's going to be tough doing it uh, doing it against a Sean McVay offense and they have all those weapons there. Yeah, I, w- I was leaning Seattle this week. Now I'm actually kind of – you make a lot of good points there. I don't think Seattle's going to pressure Goff, and that's that's the key yeah. to beating the Rams. Um, looking at the NFC in general, there's, there's four teams sitting at three wins right now with Carolina, Minnesota, Atlanta. And who am I missing? I think San Fran's that and, Yeah. 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 Um, do you think any of those teams have a shot at uh, getting hot down the stretch? Oh, Detroit's the other yeah. three-win team. You think you didn't have to mention Detroit. That's. I mean, I've already picked the Vikings. I'm kind of bullish on them now, but I, I would never count out Kyle Shanahan. Even if he has Nick Mullins, I don't know if he can navigate this, the rest of the schedule until Jimmy G comes back. I think they have a chance because their defense is – isn't that bad? And Kyle Shanahan's going to get points out of no ma- out of any quarterback he has back there, it, and he's going to get a running game out of any running back he has back there. So that would probably be my pick behind Minnesota. But I really think Minnesota might make the playoffs, which would be crazy after how they started the season. Yeah, I um, I think Minnesota um, is kind of the sneaky team to look for, uh, to watch out for in the NFC, just with the way Dalvin Cook's playing. And Kirk Cousins doesn't have to make he doesn't make mistakes when he's only throwing the ball one point seven air yards down right. the field like he did against Green Bay. So I think they're definitely a team to watch for. But it's definitely interesting to see these kind of bottom feeder uh, three win NFC teams maybe make a rise to the top. All right, um, so question for you here. Um, I know you're a big like scheme guy. I know you're a big film dude. You like to study um, kind of the ins and outs of offense and defensive schemes. What offense or defensive scheme has surprised you the most and given you kind of the most excitement to watch day in and day out when you're breaking down film? Uh, I'll pick two. Uh, the Rams defense is one, and I've kind of been saying that on any podcast I've been on. I just really like what Brandon Staley's doing in his first year. He's doing a lot of stuff that you might characterize as college strategies. He's playing with lighter run boxes. He's always keeping two safeties deep. They're doing a lot of pattern matching stuff. And he's he was influenced by uh, Vic Fangio, and you can really see it in the kind of coverages they play. They play complex pattern matching coverages. And then on offense, I'm going to go with the Dolphins and Chan Gailey because when they hired Chan Gailey, I was like, what year is it? Is it 2012? But <laughs> he's really doing like some modern things. And I was really impressed when watching two of this past weekend. That tight end screen. screen you posted that tight end screen, correct? That right. One. He did the tight end screen, and yeah. he has he has some like interesting RPOs, and he'll do some read option stuff. It's he's he's been what everyone thought Mike McCarthy was going to be in Dallas. He's actually been that. He's he's updated his offense. He's modernized it, and I really like how he's calling the game, especially now that he has an athletic quarterback back there in Tua. Right, building off of uh, two, I, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. If you had to pick 
one of the three rookie quarterbacks between Burrow, Tua, and Herbert to build your franchise around right now, who would you pick? This is not putting me on the spot. I was hoping you asked this question. <laughs> any chance I get to slander Joe Burrow and his baby arm, I'm, I, I relish it. Wow. Uh, yeah, I like before the draft, my order was Burrow, Tua, and then I don't know if I had – I think I had Herbert third, but I might have had Love. I don't remember, but it doesn't matter. Now I've reversed course. I'm total opposite. I'm going Herbert, who I really didn't think was going to be a good quarterback, but he's already convinced me that he could be one of the better quarterbacks in the league within like two or three years, just because he has the arm and hit like that was his main selling point before the draft was that he had arm talent. But I think we undersold how good his arm is. Like I would put it in the, the Mahomes, Josh Allen tier of arm strength. And then you combine that with it's, his ability to play the position, like it's clear he understands how to play the quarterback position and he's not afraid of the pocket and he goes through his progressions. And if you have a quarterback that can do all that, it, all that comes down is putting the right pieces around him and getting the right coach to put in the offense for him. I don't know if the Chargers have that yet, but he's doing his part. So I take him first. And then Tua on Sunday, he did a lot of things that I didn't think he would do. In the NFL, like he made some tight window throws downfield, and that wasn't really his thing at Alabama. That was my big question was, could he be a playmaker at the next level? And he's already shown that he can be. And I think his arm is is better than I gave him credit for, and I think it's better than Joe Burrow's arm by a wide margin, actually. And he does all the, the smart mental stuff that Burrow gets credit for, too. And then Burrow, the only reason – like it sounds like I'm really low on Burrow, but – I think his his floor is obviously the highest, and there's been a lot of people that have said that. But I think, like, already he's already an average starting quarterback, which is a tremendous accomplishment for a rookie. But I just don't ever see him consistently being that top 10 guy. I, I see him more as, like, a Kirk Cousins-type quarterback who needs a lot of pieces around him to succeed because he just doesn't have the arm strength to threaten defenses downfield consistently. Yeah, I'm with you. I completely flipped too. I think Herbert's got to be, if you were to redraft it, Herbert go would probably number one. I know Burrow has been good for Cincinnati, but if you get a guy that's 6'6", who can throw the ball and can move, that's like he's like drawing a quarterback in in, in the laboratory, right? He is uh, he is he is good as it gets. Anyways, I'm gonna get you off on this one here. So you've kind of got me watching these Fox images that are drawn up <laughs> players. What was like? What is your favorite caricature so far, and what's been your worst Fox caricature so far? See, that's a tough question because, like, my favorite one is probably based on how bad it is. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Okay, I think my favorite one, ah, it's so hard to pick. It's like picking between your kids. Uh, it's probably the Jarvis Landry one, which I tweeted out. They just did him no favors. Like, <laughs> he, his, he looks like a light bulb. It, I don't know. I don't know what picture they based that on. And then my least favorite one. I gotta go with the Philip Rivers one just because it's so unrealistic. Like he's jacked. No, yeah. actually, I'm taking my answer. I'm going to Ben Roethlisberger because Ben Roethlisberger. It looks like Ben Roethlisberger drew that that picture. <laughs> All right, Steve. Have you seen the the? Uh, uh, it, like I'm imagining, like if Donald Trump drew a picture of himself, that's what these images would look like. Like I feel like he like thinks he's like a. Like a buff Jack dude, and that's how they drew all these quarterbacks. It's just hilarious to me. Yeah, you're right. You 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 threw out a funny meme. I think it was Sunny Philadelphia, one of them drawing them uh, like the fox. 
these in the background. It's uh, they're they're all over the place. Mine. Some are good, some are bad, and some are just horrendous. Anyway, Stephen, thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Before you go, why don't you plug in your Twitter and where they can find you on Twitter? Uh, my Twitter is at the Stephen Ruiz, and that's Stephen with a V. And you can find me at for the win ftw.usatoday.com. That's where you can find my articles and where I write. All right, Stephen, thanks so much for doing this. All right, thank you guys. That was Stephen Ruiz of For the Win, lead writer for For the Win and writer for USToday.com. Check him out. Um, quickly becoming one of my uh, one of my favorite go-tos for any any like kind of in-depth knowledge. Really good film guy. Um, really breaks down. Kind of a football nerd sort of guy. Really good. Uh, really good follow on Twitter and really good read on uh, USA Today for the win. All right, Warren Z. Before we get into our picks, I want to throw this out. Um, we got a we got halfway of the season done, and our teams are sitting. I'm at three, four, and one. Bears sitting at what? You guys are five and four. Five and four. four and four. What are you expecting from the Bears in the second half? Like, what's your what's your expectations? What are you what are you looking for to see better? Like, what's uh? I'm kind of I'm kind of expecting the same as the first half. I think the defense is good enough to squeeze this team into that last playoff spot, and this offense will not scare any living person on the planet. It is that bad, mm-hmm. but I do think the defense is good enough to get us that that last wild card spot. And like I said, we we have too many bad contracts to just blow it up. So yeah. might as well go for it. <laughs> yeah. For yeah um, but there's like, what's the schedule look like down like the rest of the way? Do you, uh, it's not terrible. We still have the Jags. We still have Texans. We still have two against the Vikings, one against the lions. So, I mean, wins are there, unfortunately two against the Packers still. So mm-hmm. it, it's not going to be easy, but I, I do think the bottom of the NFC is kind of weak, and they they can squeeze in that last playoff spot. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the bottom of the NFC is completely wide open. Um, on the equal side, I've just looked at this like there could be so many different possible um, possible outcomes for this team. You got like Wentz could be a top seven quarterback again, carry this team to like a like maybe a winning record would be nuts, like seven six and one or seven six or like eight six and one, I believe. Nine six and one, sorry. Um, or or you could see like the opposite, six nine and one, right? This team has a large variety of outcomes. They've got a really tough schedule, uh, and it's going to be. Th- look, this is what like this is like a tryout for Carson Wentz, in my opinion. These last these last eight games, he's got to prove it. Like this, he's played some bad football. Um, he's got and he's healthy now. There's going to be no more excuses. The, the Philadelphia Eagles are surprisingly one of the most healthy football teams going into week 10. Like mm-hmm. take away the Brandon Brooks and some of the season ending injuries that they had, but they've got like, everyone's back. Like, they, mm-hmm. like the only guy that's missing is Isaac Samo who's probably not going to play, but look, they're a healthy team now. Wentz has got to prove it. And I'm really, I'm really hoping that he kind of flashes against the New York giants on, uh, on Sunday. Anyways, Eric time for our picks. I went three and last week. I think you put up a big fat egg. Yeah. You went out with three. You, <laughs> You got exactly what you need. Yeah. So I'm still in the lead. I'm 14, 9, and 1, and you are now 13 and 11. All right. Uh, Back on the winning track here. Close the gap big time. All right. I'm um, gonna I'm gonna give you the first one. No, I get the first you one. You get the first one. Yeah. <laughs> um and I am actually going to fade the team you just talked about. I'm gonna go the Giants oh. plus four. I just think I think every time these two teams play, it is a bloodbath, it is a tight game. Yeah. So home division game four points, that that screams uh, that's right up my alley. Yeah. Giants 
defense, they're good against the run. So is it's it's going to be on Carson Wentz's shoulders. Can he can he get the job done this week? Mm-hmm. And I, I I question that. So I'm going to take the points in the division game. Yeah, not a bad look. I, I was in look. I never bet on the Eagles. Um, but you know what? Four point underdog and look, the Eagles haven't. Eagles are four point favorite. The Eagles are sorry. The Eagles haven't done anything to prove that they can be four point favorites. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they haven't. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Against the Giants team that's playing pretty good football right now. They're not playing bad. They gave the Bucks a good fight. They just won last week. Um, I know it was Washington, but a win's a win. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think that spread is probably where it should be. That four points. I think Vegas did a good job there. Um, but yeah, definitely a game I'm staying away from. All right. I texted you last week before the episode. I'm like, I got three locks, and then I went three and zero. Oh. I'm telling you again, I got three locks this week, Eric. All right, first one. Let's start off like, and you know what? The the picks that I have are actually like, like big games, like games that I'm I'm looking forward to watching. So that's kind of how the cookie crumbled for me this week. I'm gonna start off my favorite pick of the week. Um, Stephen talked about earlier. See, um, Seattle Seahawks versus the Los Angeles Rams. Give me the Rams minus two. Is that what you have right now? I think it's minus two. I love the Rams in the spot, Warner. They have won four of the last five games against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, they've put up an average of 34 points in those five games. Greg Zerline hits a field goal late in one of those games. They're 5-0. and He missed the game-winning field goal. They have dominated the Seahawks as of late. The Seattle Seahawks are on pace to give up the most yards ever. Like they, yeah. Their defense is bad. And if you take a look at what Seattle did, they were able to get seven sacks last week. But a lot of their sacks were kind Good. of like – a lot of those sacks were kind of dumb sacks. Like they were basically uh, Josh Allen, like kind of escaping the pocket and he would get sacked at the, like a one yard loss. They weren't big sacks. They were Allen trying to make a play. I think Seattle's defense is toast. I think that the Los Angeles Rams offense is perfectly schemed to beat the Seattle defense. So you're going to see a lot of puppy guys running wildly open in the middle of the field. I love the Rams in this game. I haven't been big on the Rams this year, but I love them in this spot. Minus two all day. Give me the Rams. Right, yeah, I was on, I was on uh, Seattle until um, Stephen brought that up. Yeah. He kind of flipped me, and I do, I like that pick. Yeah. Um, pick number two. Um, I don't like the card this week, but um, there's no line on this game right now. It was Detroit minus two and a half. I don't know why there's no line. Will you give me the Lions minus two and I'll a half? I'll give you the Lions minus two and a half against uh, Washington. Um. I think it's because we don't know who's going to play quarterback for Washington. Um, Kyle Allen is definitely yeah, out. It's, it sounds like it's going to be Alex Smith. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just think Lions at home, this is a must win for them. Yeah. And I'm telling you, the Lions are a sneaky team. They win this game. They're all this. They're, it's not crazy to think that they can catch that last wild card spot if they're competing against teams like the Bears. Um, so give me the Lions at home, minus two and a half versus Washington. Yeah. Um, the Lions need a win. Like they're, they're and it's, if they lose to Washington, you can all but guarantee to book Matt Patricia's flight out of Detroit. Like yeah. he'll be he'll, he'll be fired after that game. So they they need a win there. So I, I'm on board with that one. All right, my next one. Um, another game I am super excited to watch. We got the Buffalo Bills two and a half point dogs. I think it's at two and a half still. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Two and a half point dogs on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. I love the Arizona Cardinals in this game. Give me the minus two and a half. Look, the Bills' defense has hasn't been very good this year at all. Um, they've struggled. The only thing that they are good at is getting after the quarterback. I think they're in the top ten in sacks. But Arizona's very good at keeping Kyler Murray clean. He's been sacked the second fewest amount of times in the NFL this year. Only he's been sacked ten times. That's miraculous. He's very good at getting out of the pocket, avoiding pressure. I think the Bills are going to have trouble in the secondary. Tre'Davious White's banged up. 
Um, and Taron Johnson, he is a cornerback for the Bills on the other side of the ball. He's ranked 105th out of 116 corners right now. I think Christian Kirk and DeAndre Hopkins are going to have days on in the in the sec in the wide receiver position in the secondary. They're going to torch um, B- Buffalo secondary. I love the Cardinals in the spot. Give me the minus two and a half. After that loss two against Miami, yeah, I think they bounce back good. They need a win too. They need a win to keep up in the NFC West race. So. I love them in the spot. Buffalo's going to be kind of maybe coming down after that big win against Seattle. So yeah, I, I love like, them in that spot. I like that too. Buffalo yeah. playing an out-of-conference game. They might not be as focused yeah. off a big win. That's a tough one. Spot. The one thing I will give Buffalo in this game that I kind of thought about, they had to plan for Russell Wilson last week. So maybe they're kind of already playing for Kyler this week, right? Like they may be able a little bit of advantage that way. But still, that does not, not enough to sway me. Right. Maybe the Cardinals. Okay, uh, my final pick, I'm going to the Sunday Nighter, and I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens minus seven. I think this spread should be double digits. Yeah. Patriots barely got by the Jets. In fact, it kind of almost looked like the Jets wanted to lose that game. Yeah, they pretty much did. Um, I, I just – how is anybody on New England going to get open versus uh, the Ravens secondary? Yeah, right. Like, I don't, I don't see how New England moves the ball through the air at all. And then the Ravens have a good enough defense that they can take away Cam Newton's running ability. I think they smother them. And this Ravens offense, it really hasn't clicked yet. This might be a get-right spot for them. I think the defense is going to give them a lot of short fields. And Lamar Jackson, prime time, I think he's going to want to show Bill Belichick up, and he's going to come ready to play. So I think seven's not enough points. I'm happy to lay that. Yeah, uh, not a bad look. I, I, I'm pissed off that – New England's back in prime time. Like yeah. they were just in a prime time game last week. Why do they do that? And it sucks when they're the bad teams that are like back to back prime time. We it's, you know it I mean? was a rare week where the Thursday nighter we had last week was probably the best prime time yeah. game of the week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're right, and it, it sucks. It's New England's obviously before the season. They look at them. They're obviously they probably bring in a lot of uh, a lot of viewership. If New England, they're a top five like money franchise in the NFL, but still. Come on, put put a new team on primetime. Yeah. Anyways, my last pick of the week. I love this pick. Um, San Francisco 49ers were just obliterated on last Thursday night against the Green Bay Packers. They need a bounce back game, and I like them to do that. Give me the San Francisco 49ers plus 10 currently. It was plus 9.5 yesterday. It's going up. Money's going on the Saints. Give me that all day. Give me the 49ers plus 10. Look, they're getting back healthy. Raheem Mostert looks like he's going to be back for the 49ers this week. They desperately missed him in the past few weeks. He had 155 yards on 28 carries in his combined last two games. He's a huge part of that San Francisco 49ers rushing attack. And they get back Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk this week. You get your number two wide receivers back. Debo Samuel is huge in the run game for them as well. I think they'll be able to put up points on the Saints defense. Who I, I, the Saints defense to me is still a little bit overrated. I think they keep it close. I think 10 points is way too many. I think the Saints just had a huge win. I think they can maybe fall back to earth a little bit. I think the Saints win, but I love that 10-point spread there. Right on. Yeah, no, yeah. that especially the way that they got embarrassed on a Thursday night, get that extra time to think about it and prepare. I, I, I do like that pick. Yeah. I'm ready for another 3-0 week, Warnsy. Anyway, it's going to be an exciting week of football. And if you are looking to throw down a little money, Look no further than 22Bet. 22Bet is your one-stop shop for all your sports betting. Download the 22Bet app today and enjoy its easy-to-use interface. The app is fast and reliable and completely intuitive. The sign-up process is short, and the sign-up process is remarkably quick. There are lots of products, including slots and live casino betting. Mark your favorites for quicker access to your preferred sports leagues and teams. 
22bet is a huge selection of payment methods as well as options for cryptocurrencies and transactions are fast and no additional fees apply. Take advantage of your 100% welcome bonus for your first time deposit. 22bet has some of the highest odds on sports you're interested in, along with excellent coverage of sporting events. Terms and conditions apply. Please visit the link in our description to sign up. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the Sunday Masters. Lots of football on. Make sure to check out Stephen Ruiz's work on USA Today. And we'll talk to you next week.